I got a message for you. I know you don't want to talk about it, but we need to talk about it. You're an Amazon junkie and you need help. Your house is starting to look like the Amazon warehouse with all those boxes. Leave that buy now button alone, homie. You don't need apple cider vinegar on a subscription. Do better. It's the pro-rated podcast. It's the pro-rated podcast. <laughs> oh, man. You were talking to me. I, I felt it. <laughs> you right man <laughs> got all them brown boxes with that little arrow we know what you up to <laughs> <laughs> oh but so man well shit well that was a way, one way to kick off the prorated podcast so how was your thanksgiving holiday weekend oh thanksgiving holiday was definitely dope uh, went out to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, so there's tons of family out there. Uh, my great grandma used to live out there. So obviously uh, she has brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and, and that a whole generation uh, on that side of the family that are based out of Nashville that we get to visit uh, once a year. And then obviously it's, uh, it's Music City. So we went to the... Uh, National Museum for African American Music, uh, which was extra dope going through uh, ragtime and gospel and jazz and uh, R&B and, and rap and hip hop. Uh, that museum is definitely something I recommend checking out. Uh, you can even do uh, they have it set up in the museum. You can make like a playlist or like look for your favorite artists and kind of see um in the spreadsheet so like, like they have a like uh it's like a tablet it's like a big tablet out there you can kind of tap it and say uh let's say you click biggie or your favorite jazz artist or your favorite you know 1970s uh ragtime or gospel artist and click on any of those uh artists and it'll come up and show you who their peers were and mm. who their influences were as well. And I thought that was pretty dope. And uh, you can hear music from all of those. So when I, by the time I got to the R&B and rap section, it, it, we, we went on the trip. Uh, and I think it cost me like a dollar to get a little bracelet and make a playlist of uh, just all these artists and, and people they were influenced by and their peers at the time. It was definitely a great trip. Um, we also uh, made our way out to... I believe it's called the 1230 uh, Supper Club. Is uh, Justin Timberlake has a, like a, a dinner lounge he put together out there. Um, live music, great food. Uh, it was a great trip, man. Like, definitely dope things happen. Shout out to JT. Justin Timberlake, uh, actually, the most recent uh, situation in which his name came up, it was like the, what was it like? I forget what the list was, but it was like the 100... Uh, worst decisions in music history or whatever and like it ain't really have to do with the musicians but one of the situations was Justin Timberlake uh, pulling um, Janet Jackson's um, mm, you know, the thing from over yeah. her yeah and exposing yeah, the her wardrobe malfunction the, mal yeah, the wardrobe malfunction because it came out years later that um, you know obviously it wasn't scripted but Justin Timberlake was like bugging about it and Janet Jackson was like I'll just take the fall for it and everything but you know, apparently JT wasn't supposed to do that, and he just kind of did it. And then Janet, until like recently, took the fall. 
But yeah, you know, it is what it is. You know, fans yeah, that was a crazy famous. Super Bowl moment. I remember it happened. Everybody was like, "What? Huh? What?" Yeah, I watched it, it live. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's when all my my sexual deviance started. I was like, I need more of those in my life. <laughs> the root cause. Hey, <laughs> you got you got living some dingy. <laughs> like, that was the dingy in all of us. That was it, man. <laughs> That was it, man. I finally, I was, I was dingying out. I was like, man, I finally saw my first boob, and it was just over. It was just a whole downhill jam from there. <laughs> yeah, man. We uh, Thanksgiving for us, you know. Typically, we just go to my mom's house, or you know, we all get together, uh, mostly immediate family. But this one, we threw a little bit of audible. We decided um, on Thanksgiving night, Thursday, and we were like, hey, maybe we should push to Vegas on Friday. And we were like, all right, bet, you know, like, let's, let's go to Vegas. But my Friday means 12 o'clock in the morning. Like, it was two, at midnight, we got in the car <laughs> and we went to Las Vegas, Nevada, just to go do, do head rat things and go see like all the Christmas stuff out there, which was incredibly underwhelming this year around. Um, there wasn't a lot of people there. Um, typically, Thanksgiving weekend, there's a lot of people in Vegas, man, like a lot. But this time around, there's just, it didn't feel very Christmassy, and there wasn't nearly as many people. But I also think it's because it was pretty damn cold out there. But it typically always is this time of the year. But it was like in the 40s, you know, so it was like uncomfortably cold. So, but uh, needless to say, it was pretty dope. I had a dope weekend as well. And you know, back to the work week, four day weekends be melting away when you have shit planned. So I typically uh, like to enjoy my four day weekends or my long weekends and not do anything and save like the traveling and stuff for leave because. Traveling just always feel like a mission, man. You come back, you come back from traveling on a Sunday, and you feel exhausted. Like, damn, I'm like to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I definitely lived that life uh, this week because I had to come back from Nashville after you know uh, the festivities. But it's still dope. Like, like work, work's not been breaking my back too bad this week. Uh, it's good to be back in you know the routine, the motions. Like, oh, I still got this. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've taken. I was just talking to my brother-in-law about it earlier. I've taken a. I haven't really been working since I've transferred here, and ever since my name was on that warrant list, I really haven't been working because I don't have to have any collaterals or anything. And the ship that I was going to go to, it doesn't commission or. Well, we weren't even supposed to fly out to go see the ship until the end of 2024. Obviously, you know, I commissioned February 2023, um, so I wouldn't even see the ship. So really, I'm in all the pre the pre phases where you leave at like 10 o'clock gave me a new assignment they were like hey we need you to go down here help these people out and blah 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 i was like oh yeah gladly you know just to get back on my game get a little sharp work out some sailor issues and then i talked mm -hmm. to his chief yesterday his name was so happened to be jeremy too and this dude's like i don't even know essentially in the nutshell he's like i don't even know why they sent you down here they did an investigation and this is what they came up with and blah 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 and i told him i was like hey bro ain't no pride in my side how about this i'm gonna come and ask you if you ever no i'm gonna wait for you to tell me if you need something and you could just ask and I'll do it. He was like, I ain't never going to ask. I was like, all right, bet. Well, then I'm not sure I'm to work. You know, I'm like, I ain't that guy. Like, I, I don't need, yeah. I don't find my purpose in the military or my job. I, you know, I'm like, hey, bro, there's a whole ass wild expansion coming out today, bro. Like, I'm, I'm going to be doing that for the next couple of weeks if you don't fucking need me, bro. I'm out there. You know? Thanks. Thanks. So. I did have a period in my work life where. I get depressed if I showed up and it didn't feel like there was an emergency that or something going on where I needed to be there where I was in where you know uh, you know I need to be impactful when I show up to the office like 
If I show up and there's nothing going on, there's a problem. Like, yeah, uh, I think that was a uh, young me as well when I was trying to find my way. Um, and I think that that that's probably a product of your military. You've been in the military because you were very much so Mark the Spark. Like people relied on you heavily to get things back up. You know, like they put you where they put you to work on the servers and the critical equipment for a reason. You know, so once you have that and you know all these people are dependent on you, which at that time you have five thousand people dependent on you uh, to make to ensure networks or people could die. Like if you if Marcus Billups did not do his fucking job, people could legitimately die. You know, and then. Once that cools down and we don't become the button pushers, we're still looking for that thrill, but it ain't never coming back. It ain't mm-hmm. never coming back. <laughs> it's true. You got your button pushers now, bro. You ain't never going to push no buttons again. You got people to push buttons <laughs> for you. Yeah, sit there and try not to become like some of the, the, the khakis I had to stand there with their arms folded and look at you like they know how to push these buttons better than you do. <laughs> You know, actually, I, that's one thing I had to break myself out of. I, I was always the dude. I, I was the dude that was like, "Yo, okay, I'm gonna get y'all about 15 minutes. Y'all can't figure it out. I just need you to get out my way." But then I was like, "Dang, man!" And people would be like, "Well, you're not training the guys." It'd be like, at first, I, at first, I was like, "Man, you're right. I am not training. I'm not giving them this opportunity." And then I got a little bit more mature. And I was like, "Wait, I'll train these mofo's on the flip side, bro. Let me get this up real quick. F all that nonsense, because you know that it was the bad chiefs in the day that used to just sit in the back and not do it and be like, well, if I if I do it, then you're not. I'm not gonna be able to train. I'm doing, like, how are they gonna learn if it's like, bro, like this secret, this top secret system is down, and you're you're trying to train right now. That's irresponsible, is what it's called. <laughs> you know, facts. Yeah, man. Facts. So." Uh, got a question for you, Marcus. Starting a new right. segment off. So, if you had to put one thing on a T-shirt from this week, what'd it be? One scene, one anything, one thing that you saw on a T-shirt, what would it be? Okay. Um, for me, I think this one's a little, little uh, off-brand for me this week. Uh, so basically, uh, I picked up Blue Lock this week. And uh, one of the, the scenes from the first episode just really stood out to me. It's like this bowl cut, super nerdy dude just hit a super villain pose. Like they put these steepled his fingers together, and just the angle they put on that is crazy. Talking about soccer, and I for one have never watched more than ten to fifteen seconds of soccer as they play the highlight on the screen. Hey, shout out um, to USA. You know, <laughs> but I know the whole world cares about uh, the, the, the World Cup and that it's a big deal internationally, having traveled internationally and talked to people where you know, soccer is the Super Bowl uh, for a lot of these people, not these people, a lot of the world uh, outside of America. Um, so seeing an anime take soccer and make it make sense or make it like amped because there are definitely some like high blood not high blood pressure but like high energy moments going on in this anime so i just want to take uh where the the guys announcing blue lock where soccer is the most intense place well no where soccer where the soccer is the most intense in the world and just, yep. just sit there and think about that. No, the, the place where soccer is the most intense in the world 
and just just amping that up and taking something that that I could have cared less about and making it a moment. Uh, so yeah. super vibes with the pose on that one. Um, you talking about ego and, sign? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And just it just it was great because he's talking uh, about having been to Japan where he talks about uh, their number one in teamwork. And I was like, okay, that, that fits my, 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 uh, you know, picture culturally of Japan is that, yeah, they, they fit really well into the teamwork structure, but that they're missing the, 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 the egoist and the, the big egos uh, for like that killer instinct that you need and strikers that are going to make your team do really well. And just took soccer and strikers in particular and broke them down into having weapons that you develop that allow you to strike. So they, they took a game, like like any game, and I think that that's why this one uh, is doing so well. Uh, like Blue Lock, if you look at the, the charts, is doing phenomenal at the moment. Um, big hype going on there for a reason. Is They, they took the, the game of soccer, with, which is popular everywhere in the world but here. Um, and they they kind of gave you some of the meta game that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, so they, they took a, a layman, a regular anime watcher, somebody who knows nothing about the game, and gave them some of the information that people that grew up their whole year, their whole life watching soccer, uh, you know, you get a snapshot of that. So like me, who's really into gaming and meta culture and gaming on how how do I become the most effective? Uh, what are the parts of the team that need to work a certain way? They're giving you that in an entertaining format about a game that's played in real life. Yeah, yeah. I've, if you really like that show, um, also Kuroko no Basket, uh, I know uh, I didn't really like sports. Actually, I didn't like anything short of shonen and just straight action animes until essentially my wife pulled me in and was like, Watch this uh, crocodile basket, and I was just like, "Okay, it's about basketball. Like, how interesting can it be?" Blew my mm-hmm. mind. Same with Haikyuu. Blew my absolute mind. There's some skating animes that do the same thing, like Skate Infinity. Phenomenal shows. Even Doctor Stone anime has a way of making science interesting, like legitimate science interesting. And I have no doubts that they're they're making soccer great. And I actually have watched Blue Lock. I'm actually one episode. I'm not. I'm not on the most current episode, so. I'm going to watch that eventually, but that show just develops into something great, and it, it really begins you and your feelings, man, because you just be sitting there, and you'll be seeing these guys talk to each other and interact, and then all of a sudden, you're like, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, they just break out, man. Um, so it's mm-hmm. legit. Uh, but for in regards to me, there's actually two things that I would consider putting uh, on a shirt this week. The first one is, uh, if there was ever a shot of uh, Donald Trump, uh, Kanye West, and Nick Fuentes together, um, when they went to go out at dinner, I would put that on a shirt. If somebody could find a picture of that, I would put it on a shirt. But since I have not found a picture of that, that can't go on my shirt. Uh, <laughs> what I would put on my shirt is a uh, Chainsaw Man this week, man. Have you watched the latest episode? Mm, I did see it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I put on the shirt this week? Chainsaw Man's episode from last week when old girl barfed in dude's mouth. <laughs> that was wild. 
that, that, was, that was not expected that at all as he was describing yeah. it and then she just freaking you know obviously it's easy to not drop any spoilers you know or drop spoilers but this doesn't ruin anything man but that when he was explaining that and he was like it's 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 so warm it's so soft and then all of a sudden you just see it come <laughs> i was like oh my it's god like, yeah that picture right there would be like and that's that's gonna be a meme like this some situation it's gonna be a meme but that would definitely go on a shirt they blurred it out they did but if i had to put mm-hmm. something on a shirt it would be that one um shout out to but din, necessarily din, din, din. so because I, I i sat there i was like oh well, let me put, put drinking water now like we, we gotta do something <laughs> else it was wild you see old girl uh, was just like he was like i'm never gonna forget it that was my first you know my first uh, kiss, and I don't forget. It. She was like, "Oh, here's a freaking sucker," and then he's just like, "Y'all." So he remembered that, and it was just like, "Nah, my first time's going." So it's, it's good to see the evolution of this dude. He's a beast. He mm-hmm. eats trash and everything, like literally. And then he's like evolving into this actual person, you know. But he still got like his hood. Like people be talking about the struggle bus. Dingy was getting drugged behind. He was getting immature. The struggle bus was immature and Dingy. Nice. <laughs> like some people are like talking about yeah, rough having it rough, nah, man. Like his whole worldview is a product of how rough his his everyday life was, and he, yeah, not even complaining about it. He just like, okay, oh, we're doing better now, cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of Dingy and the character development, and you know, just in the show in general is. A dude that didn't have nothing that's trying to just get he's just over the smallest things. He's getting so excited. You know, he's forgiving people because he he's seen the worst in humanity. He has been just discarded and disregarded his entire life. And he's just at a point where he's just like, you know what? Don't even matter. Don't matter what I get, don't matter what happens to me. I'm just I just want to live life and I want to make my uh Pochito, which is his dog, I just want to make him happy. You know, I want to make sure that his his life was not in vain. So that's why I would get on there. That picture specifically that they blurred out of old girl barfing in that motherfucker's mouth. That's what I would put on my t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so. sure there, there's got to be there's got to be out there on the internet somewhere that there's a shirt out there waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, don't let me down, internet. Come on, come through. If there's if there could be a porn or anything, there could definitely be a picture on a t-shirt of that. Recipes, Denji. But freaking uh, on that note, oh uh. So second segment, what, what's been what's been coming through the headphones? What you, what you been listening to lately? Um, so I went through a few different playlists uh, here recently because uh, I ended up driving out to Nashville. Uh, it's not that that far from where I'm at. So I went through the Cutthroat Bill album um, from Kodak. Snowfall yeah. from Jeezy, King's Disease, and of course I've been listening to Her Loss just because uh, that album's dope. But for me, uh, I've heard a lot of praise for King's Disease Three, which I like it. Uh, it's definitely it's nice. He's doing his thing. This whole series has been wild for him. But I feel like people are not putting enough respect on Jeezy and the Snowfall album that he dropped. Like, this is, like, back to form Jeezy. This is, like, TM... Not 01. This is not TM 101 Thug Motivation, but this is definitely 
103, 102. He's doing like Snowfall. He went off on this one. So um, definitely recommend picking it up, giving the listen. Uh, this is not, you know, Jeezy. What, what was Jeezy's what was last release before this one? Where it, it wasn't that great. I think he dropped something directly after the verses, and people were like, "Ah, but this, this is this is the Jeezy we needed." Oh, I'm a definitely have to give that another listen to. Actually, so when I listened to Jeezy, I don't think I was in the right headspace. Uh, because when you listen to certain people like Jeezy and. Who else has come out like Nas, King's Disease? When you listen to the albums like that, you actually have to listen to it. You know, you can't like her loss. You can either listen to it and be like, oh, yeah, okay, the bars are coming through, or you could just let it play in the background and still be like, okay, it's a whole ass vibe. You know, but there's certain people that you gotta listen to, like actually. So I don't think I've given Jeezy his due due diligence, and I think that I deserve it to myself to actually give him another uh, listen to for this one. Facts. He's been along. He's been around this long for a reason. Uh, so, what you, what you had in your in your headphones? What, what's going on? So, coming through my headphones, um, I'm a huge fan of uh, um, albums that are considered to be stories. So, um, what's been coming through my headphones is Good Kid, Mad City is a big one. Um, but ever since I found out that Drake would take care. Uh no, not take care. I'm tripping. But uh, certified lover boy, her loss, and freaking um, what was the middle one again? Honestly, never mind. Honestly, never mind. When I found out that those were a trilogy, you know, and not just off titles, because I'm like, okay, the titles make sense. We're gonna call the titles a trilogy. It makes sense. But when mm-hmm. I find out that those are actually like if you listen to the songs and the way that they're played all the way through like i don't see how um certain like knife songs like knife talk plays in the certified lover boy <laughs> so i mean obviously not every song on that album had to do with you know <laughs> being yeah. A certified lover boy, yeah you, you got know? all the all type of sick just a little bit you know exactly if I let my nigga 21 telling you a pussy. Wait, that's Jimmy Cooks. Never mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to beat the streets. Like, what? Yeah, but I, I like what Drake and 21 Savage have gotten going together. Obviously, Knife Talk, uh, Jimmy Cooks, and virtually the entire Her Lost album is an entire hit. Uh, I know some people have their controversies, but that's what's been coming through my headphones lately. Just because I appreciate uh, when people put artistry in their music and not just put out checks. And I feel like we've gotten away from that because remember back when we were younger in the, in the, in the 1900s, um, mm-hmm. we used to freaking uh, listen to songs that were telling, like essentially they were telling us about their day or like situations that they were in, you know, or uplifting music, but especially songs were relevant, relevant and relative. Like these rappers now they're talking about, you know, often people like, and sure they'd be catchy or whatever, but super gremlin. I'm like, that song is catchy as hell. I love Super Gremlin, but that song ain't got no business been on the radio. Shout out to Kodak. I love that song, bro. But really, he's talking about like his, his, his homie flipped and he got to kill him, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. They used to get yeah, their I'm- jacket cards together and now it's not safe for him, bro, because he snitched. 
what, you know, kill your homie. But like, what he snitch for, bro? What'd you do to make him? Let's get to the root of the problem. What did you do to make your homie snitch, bro? You shouldn't be catching Nobody no breaks or killing tell people. That part of the story, though. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm telling you right now, if I see somebody stealing a car, or if I see somebody breaking into a neighbor's house, I'm calling the cops. And now I don't care. I'm calling the cops. I'm in a point in my life where I don't handle the situation. I'm not Superman. I dial nine one one. And I let them come in and handle it. You know, I just make sure I get away because, you know, if I tell they rob and stuff, then they see me as a black man. I just make sure that I'm nowhere. I'm Jeremy Franklin, six foot tall, black man, live across the street. I weigh about 240 pounds. I got a bunch of tattoos. I want you to know who you're dealing with so you know I'm not the dude that you should be shooting. Yeah. I mean, but snitching only applies to people that, that live that lifestyle and then tell so you do the crime and then you're telling then that's snitching i, I don't consider it snitching to be like look look I, I i go to work i come home i do I, I follow and obey those laws that i'm not willing to sit down and uh do the time behind like yeah <laughs> <laughs> now it's not safe for you that's it man i'm just like bro <laughs> But you know what? Hey, shout out to Kodak. He he didn't say you snitch though. He said you switch, right? I I remember. Uh, yeah. I don't know why it was it was stuck in my head because Charlemagne the God said that. But he's like, you switch like a pussy little bitch. So what did he do to switch off? You know, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. But allegedly, yeah. Let's make sure. Allegedly, nobody. <laughs> yeah. <I mean. laughs> yeah. So. Said so all of this is taking taken with context with the greatest all that it all happened allegedly. Nobody knows anything. There's no need to record uh or use this this <laughs> recording in, in, in court the state of law. Like, nah, we're good. I just my I think my favorite part of that whole song, don't quote me on this, but he's like, I do all the smacking, he ain't never step for help with none of these killers. <laughs> he's like, you do a lot of capping, and then what he say, he said. Watch when I catch you. Uh, I'm a, I'm a killer. Watch when I catch you. I'm whack you in front of all the. He's like, I'm a whack you in front of all the witnesses, <laughs> or in front of the witness. <laughs> it's like, bro, why yeah. are you killing people for? And now your boy is like, I want to clean my life up. Um, <laughs> but needless to say, that's always coming through my headphones because super grooming the whole slap. But <laughs> I like stories, and that is a terrible story to tell. So that's what's been coming through my headphones, man. <laughs> God. Uh, so, question for you. Gotcha. What, what's got you scratching your head this week? What, what's, what's got you scratching your head? This week, uh, definite one, the World Cup in Qatar is kind of been a head scratcher for me. Uh, I just went through that that Netflix documentary on just how corrupt FIFA is. I remember years ago watching uh what the, the John Oliver uh segment on FIFA and how kind of corrupt that whole organization's been from the beginning. Uh and then hearing about the thousands of people that died building those stadiums and yeah. the hotels yeah. and everything uh so that they could even host the World Cup. I just like this is this is wild. Like like it this is the world we live in. 
Well, they're always talking about like how FIFA is a corrupt organization anyway. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. reason to believe that Qatar just so happened to be the highest bidder this time around. Yeah, yeah, because in the Netflix documentary, they they're talking about uh, their their allegations that they just offered them. Oh well, we'll give you a million dollars for your votes on uh, for voting members of who got to decide who got the World Cup. And then FIFA did their own investigation, and their own investigation came back and said, oh, Qatar would be a terrible place to host the World Cup, but that, that's where it still ended. It's it's crazy. Like, the things going on in front of everybody yeah, uh, in the world today. Insanity. And then even, like, uh, what was it, Bud Weiser? They were at all this beer that they were supposed to, you know, take over there to the World Cup, and the guitar was like, hold up, homie, you ain't bringing none of that nonsense over, nah. And yeah. all of a sudden, they, uh, but why is it what they say? They were like, We're gonna give uh, all this beer to the winning company, the winning country. And I'm sitting there like, Bruh, like, I want America to win, but we don't need no more of that trash. <laughs> <laughs> they can't give it away, <laughs> like, literally, no. is what's going on. They should give it to the first loser, to the winners. They- Imagine Germany wins and then they try and ship Budweiser to Germany. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? <laughs> they don't want to do that trash. It's like, man, what the hell are they going to do, man? You better, man, they need to recycle them cans and sell off the aluminum. Just send me the aluminum, bro. Don't send me none of that for piss that you got inside. They don't nobody need none of that. Facts. But some yeah. people love it. Like, I, I literally saw somebody drinking. A can of Budweiser yesterday, and I, I just looked. I was like, "Yo, what is going on in the world? Like, this is still a thing." <laughs> like, no BS. Um, when I was overseas, when I was in uh in Europe specifically, there were a lot of like Italians and people over at NATO that actually enjoyed our American beer because they were like, "It's not like real beer, you know. It's like watered down. It's 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 a beer that you could like enjoy and not be drunk yeah, or like, you know, okay. yeah." Okay, I, I, I can kind of understand that that vibe a little bit. No, nah, that's sense. like sneak dissing. That's that's still shade. I, see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, so y'all drink our beer because it's like water to y'all. Like you just bless your heart is what they just said. <laughs> like... Exactly. Man, <laughs> but if you go over there, you already know. Like their beer, I'm sure your travels too. Like. Then these other countries be hitting something different, bro. They'd be like, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, but 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 like, but wiser is probably like around like five percent or something like that. They'd be having like these seven, eight percent beers, man. But that extra percentage be stacking up on your ass and they'd be putting yep. you down. But their beer is significantly more flavorful, you know. It's just, you know, Coors Light, Budweiser, Miller, like just the basic version of those are just carbonated water with a little bit of fucking oomph to it like i think i could drink a whole 12 pack of bud light right now and literally not be drunk yeah i would i would be full in, in like vomiting foam before i actually got drunk off of that shit now yeah yeah so yeah it's a life but i i can't act like i've never spent a weekend a great weekend on the beach with you know, a can of Coors Light or something trash uh, of that variety. Still a great weekend, but the, the beer, yeah, nah. Yeah, dude. No longer. 
never again. <laughs> you so, gotta do better. <laughs> you know? Bruh. <laughs> but what's, what's got me scratching my head is uh, so um, singer-songwriter Glorilla. Um, she's a rapper, actually. Not really a singer, but yeah. I guess rapping's a song, so you're a singer technically. Every rapper's a singer, right? But Glorilla, she came out and she said something along the lines of um, you know what I'm gonna do in the future? I'll probably have these clips ready. Like if or you could like I'll have whatever clip yeah. you said I have my clip ready so I can just play what they say. But like essentially what she was saying, she was like, Girls, if you go to the club and find a man, do not trust that dude. He is up to no good. The only reason dudes go to clubs is to find hoes. You ain't ever gonna find uh love in a club, essentially. Right? Uh despite uh Usher's best efforts, she went directly against it. <laughs> the thing about uh, Glorilla is that she's only like 20, she's 23 years old, right? She was mm-hmm. barely born in the 1900s, actually. She was uh, only a couple months old when Y2K happened, right? <laughs> so can she relate to me? Now, I'm 11 years older than her. Uh, but what I will say is that me and my wife, we met in the club. Now, the great majority mm-hmm. of our relationship happened outside of a club. And actually, since we met, we haven't been back to a club together because. As you probably know, I'm more of a bar guy than a club guy anyway. I don't really like the club feeling. I used to when I was younger, freaking all the time, but I'm not a club guy. And my wife is not a club girl. It just so happened that the stars align. Right now, question for you. Okay. Typically, so I gave you my situation that's kind of a bias. Mm-hmm. Typically, do you think that you can go? to a club and find a quality person you got you know let's say there's 200 people in the club half half dudes half females you know do you think that you can go to a club and match up with somebody let's say as well as you could like on a on tinder or you know at a, at a bar or something like that what, what do you think okay my personal opinion is no uh, I, I think i kind of agree with her because like if you're going to a club that's not why you're there for me, like in my experience, going to a club, uh, we're out with the squad, it's the team out, every man for himself, you need a wingman, like that kind of thing going on. You're not going out there trying to figure out, okay, uh, you know, who's going to be my life partner? Uh, you know, who am I going to build the rest of my life with? Uh, you know, somebody that, that has the same ambitions as me. Um, I mean, unless you're a club promoter, somebody that, that's interested in the club scene, owning a club, I don't think that's really, uh, or maybe a potential gold digger might, 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 uh, the, the options might be different. VIP section of the club might be a place to meet uh, somebody that that's financially on your level or financially at the level you want to be at, but just regular club standing in line outside uh i think everybody understands that they're there for a reason other than uh building the rest of their lives together so i actually it's not that agree it can't happen but yeah yeah no i i agree with you i at first i was like man this woman crazy because i found my wife in the club but then like i said in the preface my wife and I are not club people. We were just there because she was came with a friend and I came with a friend and she so happened to be the same night, the same day her friends got her out. I went out and this is just not typically what I do. I like to be at home personally, you know, um, 
the money, that the amount of money I spent on getting drunk at a club, I could easily spend on plane tickets going somewhere, you know, and my wife is actually on the same level as I am with that. So at first when she was talking, I was like, uh, I think she's wrong, but I know that I have freak, as you know, too, I have frequented mm-hmm. multiple clubs, like, Bruh, like you remember when I was when I was first stationed in San Diego, it was like every single day. Every single day. Yeah. Monday was Singaree, Tuesday was uh PB, Wednesday was double deuces downtown San Diego, Thursday was PB again for college night, Friday was downtown San Diego, Saturday was downtown San Diego, and Sunday was day clubs at Stingery. Like mm-hmm. it was I, I had a club or a place to go to every single day. And out of every single one of those days, out of all the women that I interacted with and did XYZ with. I did not find love in any of those fucking clubs. And I've partied in clubs all around the world. And for me to sit here and say that, oh, yeah, it's possible, knowing that I've been to clubs probably like no BS, I probably pushed just in that time I was in San Diego, probably five, I've probably been in a club five, six, seven hundred times. And then it took me going to in Naples randomly one night to find my wife. It's like, that that's not a good bad average. I totally agree with what you're saying, man. Like it just ain't the place. It ain't the place that you go. Dudes are looking for hoes as as Glorilla put it out as I'm putting it. I don't refer to women as hoes. But uh they they aren't looking for quality women to fall in love with. So what she said actually has some merit. Now the delivery could have been a little bit better, and I think that that is what younger people typically need to work on because I feel like wisdom, you can see, you can say something wise, but not be a wise person. You know, like you can actually come with a gym and not, you could come with, you could come out and say something intelligent and not be an intelligent yeah. person, you know? So, but when you combine those and you're able to back that intelligent statement up with some actual intelligence or to back that wisdom up with some actual wisdom, then your delivery, I feel like comes across a little bit better and that's what glorilla was missing i'm not saying that she's not wise but she is 23 you know she just got to figure it out she only been allowed in the club for two years now and one of those years was covid you know Damn. so like she was you know so i'll be close that she really been in you know covid just just like last summer this covid was over and she turned 21 to lie actually yeah in the heart of covid she she, she turned uh 21 so but shout out to Glorilla, and I, I think I, I'm inclined to agree with you. So that's what's, what's been scratching my head. Can you find love in a club? The answer is yes. But can you win a billion dollars playing a lotto? The answer is also yes. <laughs> so, that's, so. That's, that's perfect analogy right there. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. But good times, man. I love that shit. Uh, but yeah. So here at the Prorated Podcast, we encourage you to do better every day. And we believe that even an ordinary person is extraordinary to someone. Our next guest will be with us shortly. Stand by. Stay locked in. It's the Prorated Podcast. Prorated Podcast. Got to be dope. All right. Um, so today for this interview, uh, we have a I'd like to thank a good friend of mine, a buddy from back in college. Um, so I'd like to hold all to those relationships. Uh, so this man, for as long as I known him, has been a business owner. 
Uh, he's been a rapper. Uh, I'm a fan. I bought all the albums. I still play them. I went through, I want to say yesterday when I confirmed we were actually setting this up. Um, I recommend you check him out. Uh, and he's going on to do great things. I always had confidence that he would. And he's proven me right. Uh, it's, it isn't always the case. I uh, think that uh, he's going to be able to share some of his story and um, his vision and what he's been able to accomplish with us and uh, in the business space and just growing as a person. Uh, you know, regular people, extraordinary stories is what it's all about. Um, so I had to kind of pass it over to Chris and uh, let him kind of get started uh, with, with where it all began. I just want to say, you know, thank you both. Um, just, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I, I really, it's an honor to be able to kick off this this whole inaugural interview. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, and yeah, like I, I like what you guys are doing. I like that intro, like the words of encouragement. I wish I'd heard that a little bit sooner because you know what I mean. I'm gonna start it off with, I'm actually a diabetic, believe it or not. But uh, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But mm -hmm. um, as far as how the story goes, man. Um, yeah, so. I, I was a, definitely a business owner when you met me. Always been entrepreneurial. Um, I, I think I, I actually wrote like this is this is no cap. It's going to sound wild, but I actually wrote my first contract at the age of seven. Um, I was trying to put on a, uh, a like a, a dance performance. I used to like be super into dancing before I like I found out I could rap and make music and such. So I mean, was was super into to dancing, and I tried to put on a whole like choreographed show, and um, I had my cousins you know, be a part of the show, but I wouldn't let them do it unless they signed a contract that said that they was actually going to follow what needed to be done. Um, so I've always been a little bit of a different kind of a, uh, of an individual from, from jump. Um, so it's always nature and nurture, you know, kind of a thing. So that that's, that's probably like the inception story of Chris and, and always being uh, an entrepreneur. And, um, <laughs> um so I got, I got just, I, I don't want to break your flow. But I, I got a question there. That, that, that story. Yeah up a question um so when you're you're putting on this production and and you know you realize somebody has to be in charge and you want those rules in place like i feel like it's it, it's like you said seven like as a child that that there'd be did anybody say you couldn't do it like like what were those were, were there any roadblocks was there any um you know obstacles you had to overcome to say that this isn't something that that can be accomplished at seven. You know, um, honestly, I feel like when I did that at the time, like the the entire purpose was, I wanted to make sure that everybody understood the plan and were committed to it. And I and like in that that young brain, you think things are magic. So it's like, yo, if people sign a contract, they're going to follow it and they're actually going to listen to the the proper directions. And um, that was really like the uh, the inception of that whole thing for me. Okay, oh, yeah, just trying to the the kind of capture mindset and say okay where's the fear and crossing mm. the, the the barriers and uh, you know accomplishing things i think well, that that's the step uh, that would have stopped a lot of people from even attempting uh what you attempted at that point but but yeah, actually it got me it got me laughed at it got me upset because you know my, my little cousins around my same age they signed a contract they, they obviously didn't listen um, and honestly, <laughs> what, what it fostered was more of a like, oh, okay, this is kind of like a terrible thing to have. Um, I, I kind of learned to not trust people in, in, to a certain extent, especially in business. Um, just from like that, that was the first time I, you know, I got bitten and, um, just from a young age, it, I remembered it. 
and it was um just trying to figure out how to you know fully convince people and get people to follow became uh, without having to like force them or be like scientists and things would be magic like figuring out different ways to kind of uh, get people to go along with my my entrepreneurial ideas is what really was birthed in that moment um but yeah like they laughed i had aunts and, and uncles that talked about you know me doing that for years after that just because they couldn't believe that I, I thought i was going to sign people to a contract at, at that age and honestly that that went on up until high school um even to college like i remember uh, when I met you in, uh, at Hampton, uh, w there were a few people that were kind of shocked to hear that there was a rapper on campus that was signing other rappers. Like, I believe that's how it was put. <laughs> yes, indeed. Man. Okay. Oh, so continue on. I think we, we got that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, for, for sure, for sure. So, um, and even with that, so, I, like, I've always been, like, a business-minded individual, and I've also been a nerd. Um, but uh, like a particular kind of nerd that was like super into business. So, you know, me doing those those uh, productions of, of dance turned into me actually like getting creating music and running a studio out of my um, my, my room in middle school. So I, was, I think I actually started like having people pay for studio sessions in, in my, my, my mom's apartment that I was, you know, living in. I think it was 12. I had my first paid session. Um, and that, that just went on from there. I ended up, you know, starting a record label, signing some people, put out like... I think it was two DVDs, about three albums, and uh, a couple mixtapes um, that were my own. Um, outside of like a multiple uh, <laughs> productions that I did for other people, um, that got us some attention from like Rockefeller at the time. Uh, got a couple people some production deals, uh, all before I even got to Hampton. Um, so, like that—that's the the inception, you know, the like the the, the actual part. Of it. I don't keep saying that. So that that was the the beginning. Of, of Chris as an entrepreneur and, and entering the music space. Uh, but yeah, so. <laughs> now, do you feel like people should start early if they want to get into it? I mean, I know that's kind of a rhetorical because I feel like the earlier, the better, but do you feel like that gave you the edge or do you think, I feel like if you would have developed your skills more before you had people signing contracts, then it would have turned out a little bit better. Um, Honestly, I feel like it was it was all practice. It, it it got me to understand how people respond to certain things. If anything, I feel like that entire process in my life was more like learning how people that aren't as business minded as me interact with a business person, you know, and how people right. view business in general. Um, that that was most of the learnings from there. Um, and uh, well, I, I would say probably even the more important learnings that I didn't realize were so important at the time was uh, what you led into my AWS stuff is because I was always trying to figure out how to do things for my business, I acquired skills just by doing. You know what I mean? But people were like, yo, how are you going to record an album? That led to me, you know, I had internet early. Like, I think I was on, like, everybody in my generation. I'm sure a lot of people in my generation remember America Online. Um, and when I got that, I went, went ham. And the internet opened me up to, you know, message boards. And that's how I figured out how I could even have recording software, which uh, taught me how to, you know, work on computers, taught me how to be a, an audio engineer. And, um, and all those things that I was learning along the way, I thought were actually paving the way for me to be into music in a more creative fashion. But ultimately, they gave me a bunch of like really good technical skills and, uh, and, and taught me how to be resourceful and figure things out with no direction. And honestly, that was probably like the most important thing that I learned through any of that business stuff that I did through, through high school, and even through college was just how to be a self-starter and how to just figure stuff out. Mm, okay. And, Thank you for that. Yeah, because, you know, the, when you see these um, rappers, NBA players, a lot of them, they start when they were really young, you know, so it's like, does the question is, 
does someone that does not start young still have the exact same opportunity to be as successful as, as you? Or is it one of those like the longer you wait kind of situation? Uh, what's your input on that? Well, I, I will say, honestly, it depends. I don't think there's a, like a cap if you start later. Like, I don't think it like I'm like something somehow like in a, a super greater spot because I started, you know, what I mean, so early. Um, if anything, I feel like I might have been uh, when you start things and you start going a particular way, you, you think you learned the right lesson when you learned it the first time. But you, what you take from like a failure or even a success might not be what you were supposed to learn. Um, and what I say, what I say from that, like, um, I, I kind of alluded to this in the beginning when I say I lost a, a bunch of a, a trust in how people deal with businesses and whether they're going to follow contracts. And, um, one of the things that I, I waited far too long to learn along my entire process, uh, for instance, is how to, to work with like, how to work as a team with other people to achieve a great goal. It was always like, you know, a, a vertical situation where I'm the head and I'm just telling people what to do as opposed to, you know, working collaboratively with, with folks uh, to achieve a much larger goal. Like, I never really learned how powerful networking could be until after I got out of college because of that. I was all like, I'm, I'm sure like Marcus could tell you, like, he, he would see me and I, I'd be putting CDs together. I'm recording the songs. You know, I, I'm being, I'm being mm -hmm. a poor man. I'm walking around with a PSP showing people the video that I shot that's on the disc that you can watch when you put the, the disc in your DVD player. I'm, and I was doing it all by myself as opposed to building a team to help me do it. And I didn't learn the team aspect until later. Um, I don't know. That was like a, a long-winded way to answer that. But No, that was um, perfect. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Self-starting is, is like such the, the important thing like to me. It, honestly, like it, it's, it's one of those cliche things. I know we were talking before we got started here about how like some of that cliche um, advice starts to get grading because it's like, well, that doesn't really tell me anything. Um, but it really like they'd be some of the, the most serious things. It's just the, if if you're able to to figure out like, hey, what what you want to do and what step one could possibly be, you could be completely wrong about what step one should be. But if you don't even take that wrong step, you don't know that. <laughs> so it really is just about you know getting going and doing something and figuring out. Okay, well that didn't work. Why didn't it work? And then getting to the next piece. Okay. Yeah. Analyzing the process. Um, Good. So, so as far as your rap venture went like as far as your rapping went how uh how did that creative process start because you know you you talked about signing contracts with your cousin when you were uh when you were seven years old and you know you talked about nature and nurture and your family you know kind of laughing at you as yeah, you were coming so along and everything but how did the transition into being as opposed to being on one side of the contract to being on the other side of the contract uh work um so there were situations where I got, well, this kind of, let me say it like this. I never actually got offered or I never signed a deal. I got offered like publishing deals and whatnot. Uh, never really, uh, wanted to take them cause they, they honestly, they, they all kind of sucked. Um, on the come up, hopefully I'm answering our question here. No, you um, <laughs> uh, but, um, just what I learned from going through all those kinds of processes and the whole music thing in general, cause I, I haven't even shared with, with Marcus yet, but I actually like, I consider myself fully retired uh, as of about two years ago. Uh, so, I mean, uh, COVID happened and I kind of like sat down and I refocused my, myself on tech. 
Um, but it, what I learned from going through all those those processes, actually, could you repeat the question? I want to make sure I'm answering the right one. I feel like oh, I'm no, not. Just, uh, <laughs> essentially, you were on one side of the contracts when you were uh, giving your cousins, uh, make your cousins sign contracts when you were seven years old. But then also you uh, had endeavors of being a rapper. And how does it feel? Like, what was the process of you getting from one side to the other? And, you know, how was your rapping venture? How did it start off? How did you, you know, get those creative juices flowing? I got the part that I was missing there. Um, so I've always been just a creative person where I wanted to like make stuff and that transition going back and forth. I never really fully felt honestly, I feel it more now. Like I will tell you like this whole, uh, you know, tech process, having a startup is so much more like rap and being an upcoming rapper than like any of these folks let on. There's so many similarities. I can go down how long, how long this pot is, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but uh, my intro into getting to the creative space was really uh, my mom just loved music. Um, so I, I started looking at it as an outlet. And honestly, like when I started rapping, I mean, I was terrible, like very terrible for probably the first, uh, I'm going to say two years. But that's one of the things uh, that I, I think is definitely one of those nature things about me is if I set in my mind, I'm going to do something. I could suck. I could fail. I could fall a million times. I'm going to keep getting back up until I hit my goal. Like I, I can, it's, it's way easy for me to get super obsessed about what my goal is, and I do not stop until I accomplish what I'm looking for. Um, and I, I don't let the the, the the failures along the way stop me at all. I don't care about rejection. I, I just I don't listen to any of it. It's just I know I can do this, so this time I'm going to go and obtain it. Yeah. All right, right. So you said you ran a studio out of uh, you ran a studio you ran a studio out of a room. When you were 12 years old and you were in middle school, yep. you got your first paid session and everything like that, right? So yep. it went from being the person that's writing the contracts to running the studio to being the rapper, you know? So how did that all come together? Did you Were you just musically inclined? Was music something that you just wanted to pursue? Or was that just the, the closest thing to you at the time? Yeah. I was always musically inclined. Um, so, uh, like, e even now, man, even though I'm like I'm a retired rapper, like I, I write hooks and verses by accident. It just so like if you're a creative person, I call it the, the creative disease. Like, you just have to make certain things. So, yeah, I, I was always, you know, that was always my thing. Um, it was interesting, you know, running the the studio out of the room wasn't actually the dream. The only reason why that even happened is because I wanted to be able to. Uh, to like create on my own and I couldn't afford studio space at 12 years old. I couldn't get a job at 12 years old. I was actually upset because I found out that they had other things like, I forget what they called that. that work. Yeah, you can only get working papers if you were like 14 and a half or something oh, in the right. state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, dang, I can't even get a job. So yeah. like, how am I going to do this? You know, I mean, I can't open a like a, a lemonade stand. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a black, you know, almost teenage. Like, what, who, who gonna pull up to me in the hood? Um, so <laughs> what the thing became was um i'm actually just going to take some of my allowance which you know i i think my parents gave me uh, i think it was like 40 dollars uh, a month which was like great I, I was one of the few people that i knew that actually got a consistent allowance was blessed in that way um i took 10 of that 40 and i bought a 10 dollar computer mic and i taped it to my wall and the that was what people wrapped into when they initially came to my studio and from them paying me and me selling selling tapes that they made that were just terrible recordings bro but people like hearing themselves um, that allowed me to like start buying my actual real equipment. Okay, I see. So you mentioned earlier also that um, you said you you said because you were trying to figure out things 
for your business, you were able to acquire skills. What were some of the skills that you were acquired that you acquired? Because obviously that was a business that you started and you couldn't get that job and everything. So from that point until now, uh, I'm sure you've had plenty of business ventures in the in-between or in the interim. So what are some of the things that you figured out uh, or some of the skills that you've acquired that you would think that uh, would benefit other people? Um, you know, one of the, the best things that I ever learned how to do, and this is going to sound crazy, especially in today's day and age, like I'm, I'm going to put it out there, I'm 30 plus, um, was I learned how to search and Google effectively. Because when I'm doing this at this time frame, YouTube doesn't exist. Um, like Google is brand new. Like, you know what I mean? Google wasn't even the popular search engine. Like most folks I knew were using Ask Jeeves. Like this, this is how long ago this was. Or Lycos, you know what I mean? Things that I don't know if folks even remember these things. Um, so it, it really taught me how to like, to look for things on the internet and how, like I stumbled upon how geeks speak. And honestly, I, I, that, that was like a major unlock. If you want to talk about like prorated, you know what I mean? Information. Uh, one of the nuggets I would give to anybody is if you, if you're trying to figure something out and you like, if you, if you don't know how to rap or if you don't know how to code, you need to go to where the coders are and figure out how they speak so you know what to look for. If you don't even know, like, you don't know what you don't know. So you go in to see how other folks are speaking and, and what they're talking about will get you closer to figuring out, you know, that first piece that you could even search for and to dive into to, to, to get the knowledge that you're trying to find. Um, that was, was like one of the, the, like the most important things I learned from that time was, like I said, it wasn't even just like about acquiring those skills. It was figuring out how to figure out how to use the resources that were at hand and, uh, and just taking different ideas from folks to how to move to the next step. And this is back during the time when, like you say, uh, Google wasn't uh, available. So you had like as Jeeves and everything like that. So you would say that not to put words in your mouth, but, um, essentially it's a lot easier now because the information is more readily available. So if you actually go out there, talk to the people and you figure out what they're saying and you figure out how to, you know, actually maneuver within that field because you know the language and you know where to find the information, it will help people be a lot more successful. Yeah. You put that so much more like eloquently and succinctly than I put that right there. So thank you very much. Uh, actually, every, exactly. everything you said, I'm writing down in notepad right now. I put quotes around it and everything, man. Cause I, you know, I want this to help me too. And I want, I want it to be able to help anybody. So if somebody who ever referenced this, uh, right next to the audio recording is going to be these notes and everything you said, it said like, I'm just taking little snippets, you know, cause I don't want to lose that, anything. That's super dope. Uh, that's super dope. Um, and no, you, you, you're dang right. Matter of fact, most of the information I got back in, uh, in the, in those days was I would search a problem and I would, I would search the problem looking at different message boards. I mean, uh, I don't even know if message boards are even really popular like that for most spaces. Now, I guess the most, like the most popular equivalent now I would probably say is Reddit. Reddit. Um, oh, you find it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're able to like kind of search problem and then see how other people are solving it. And just seeing how other people approach solving a problem, you will learn. So like you will learn 10 different things from one problem that, 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 that you looked up. And I uh, guess the, 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 one of the most powerful things, are all this kind of information that we share on the internet. So yes, uh, to kind of go back to one of the other things you said, um, that that's why I, I said that it's not necessarily, uh, harder for someone to start later. There is so much more information available now. Like every single day, like we, we advance, there's more information available to you. So it's just about having that drive and that want to go find that information. You know what I mean? Right, right. Marcus, you got a question? Yeah. So I, I'll just keep, uh, the, I'm finding the theme here where, uh, like, 
you you have a dream or a goal or aspiration, uh, so to, whether it was dance or the music or later tech, and then you go out and and, and self start. But there's there's so many barriers that, that that most people put between them and going out and getting those things done, and and uh, kind of hearing you speak, like like uh, I feel like we're we're skipping barriers, or, or you don't acknowledge <laughs> barriers, or you know, like like we're so I'm trying to figure out where the mentality came from that, oh, okay, I can look up what's out there and just get it. There, there, there's nothing between me and what I want, but how hard I'm willing to work for it. Like, can I tell you, I don't know where I, I where it originated from, like fully. I can't say for sure. I will say like this was probably one of the, the, the nature part. You know what I mean? I'm that nature part, so the nurture part is I came up pretty damn broke. And um, I would say probably like the closest that I could think to an origin of this is um, like not having like just the, the bare minimum and my mom being like, you know, uh, like got to find a way. Right. Um, and okay. and there, there will be a way that it will be provided and you, you don't know how it is. And somewhere in me, like I was like, I was cool with that, but <laughs> it, it also turned into, well, is the way supposed to be me going to find out and figure it out? Um, and, um, that's, that's kind of like more what I, what I leaned into with it. It was like, um, like, uh, how's that go? How's that go? Um, uh, you know, faith without works is dead. Um, it's, it's one of those things. It's where like, I'm gonna do the work. And if this is meant for me, it's going to show up. Um, it's kind of like, you know, where that belief comes from. If I had to like, think of the, the one spot and it was just so many times when I, I had to go and be those hands that got it done. That it just it, it's 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 my belief system now. It's like I, I know that if I'm going to go seek this, that I you know I mean somehow I'm either going to find the, the exact thing I'm searching for, or I'm going to land somewhere next to it that is going to give me dang near the same you know what I mean uh, get back that I was seeking in the first place. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think that that's that's extra dope, and I think that that kind of falls back to it. Uh, I think in uh, the IT field when I'm, I'm training people for troubleshooting and stuff, I'm like, uh, on occasion, you just got to make it work. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, maybe it's not the way it's supposed to work, but if you can find a way to make it work, uh, even temporarily, uh, you know, we, we can make some progress here. But I think um, you're kind of applying that to, to life, and I, I think it, it works or has worked for you uh, so far successfully. Yeah, um, yeah, not not to say that some losses weren't taken, but yes. <laughs> so, going into your business ventures, uh, my question is: for you, is there a dream job, or do you prefer working for yourself? Um, I definitely, I've always wanted to to work for myself, and and uh, I I feel like as a creative, you you need freedom. Like, I don't think creatives really work well with you know a strict like boss manager kind of person above them. And I need to have that freedom to get up and be like, you know what? Um, today I'm going to create an app, and tomorrow I have an excellent idea for a business in textiles. Like <laughs> I need, I need to be able to to be just that free. Or like the next week, I need to be able to produce another album or shoot a movie. Um, that that that's always kind of been you know how I am, and I guess the most important thing is to to pick what I think I'm going to have the most success at. And just give all of my energy to it. Got it. Got it. So the question, uh, follow up to that then is firstly, are you in a relationship? 
Oh, yes, yes. I've been married. It's going to be 10 years in a couple of weeks, actually. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So, perfect then. Perfect for this question. Um, how much of an influence um, does your spouse have on your creative process and your successes? Because um, you said you're 30 plus, right? So, that means you married mm-hmm. her when you were 20 plus, you know, and that mm-hmm. was only about 10 years roughly after you. Uh, got your first paid uh session at your in your mom's house and everything, you know so obviously she's been with you for half the career or half your hustle i should say so how much has she improved or how much has your spouse improved your hustle um an incredible amount like she's inspired you know music and creativity she's always been a great support system um helping just with her energy like hands putting cds together you know what i mean with, with her mind actually coming in telling me to, to, to fix certain things like there, there are countless sessions she would show up to and just you know help us uh like produce stuff like that i was putting together for myself or other people um outside of that like if we want to talk more extensively um in just life in general having someone that's a partner with you to help build always makes things easier i guess that kind of leads in to the whole, you know, teamwork aspect I was talking about before and knowing how to, to, to live with a team and a partner. Um, just the, the things we've been able to do together was, you know, we're dual income household and all that. Um, so, uh, it, it allowed us to get a, a bigger home, which if we're talking about my business endeavors, uh, the, the way I got the first piece of funding was actually through a home equity line of credit. Um, even though I have uh, like, by the time I went to go do this and get loans to, to get everything done for my business, um, I had great credit. But this, the amount of credit I was being offered wasn't that great until I actually got a home equity line. Now, that's a whole other finance conversation. I don't know how deep you want to go into finances because I have very, very passionate ideas about that whole thing. Um, hey, here on so, yeah, so, the podcast, yeah. we're going as deep as you want to go. So whatever you want to um, say, you say it. And if you don't want to say it, you don't. But it's all on you, man. This is you. Um, so, like, what up? I'm going to say this. So like this, because I know we talk about the put a button on the, the wife thing. So yes, yeah, so having a, a wife and a partner opens up all types of doors. And now this is something that's it's a little, I know it's a topic folks don't really talk about a lot. Um, some, a lot of people don't, don't agree with it, especially in the, the new culture of, you know, red pill, whatever you want to call it. That's out there that I've seen. Um, I'm old school Christian with a, with a certain, yeah, I mean, with, with certain things. And I do run my household like, you know, we, we all put in a pot. If it's not my bill, your bills, it's ours. And, and um, I feel like having that, that mindset and having us and have the thought of less working like I'm successful, you're successful. But everything that we do together, we're both successful, um, really helps out and, and allowed it to where, you know, we were able to get a bigger crib. I mean, we were able to, to, to have our first house built. And I mean, and, and able to then later, you know, pull out equity and get 10x what we pulled out the house back from Amazon. So, like, there, there's a lot that you can do. And I'm also add this little nugget on top here. Um, I know a lot of people don't agree with, with home ownership and they want to rent. Man, I, I personally think that's a complete uh, crapshoot. And the easiest way for folks to, to get wealth is actually to start off with some kind of real estate, whether it's your own home and you can do something like I did, like, you know what I mean? Go get a, a home equity line of credit and bet on yourself. Pull out some yep. of that equity. Don't go trick it off on like a car or something. Go spend it on a business and d- develop it from there. So interesting that you said that. Um, my grandmother always said, uh, renting is like throwing your money into a well, throwing your money into a well every single month and then throwing a match at the end of every year right into that well. <laughs> Cause you will never see it again. 
She always used to say that. So I and my grandma, old school, she was born in the 1930s. Um, she told me that the only way for a black person to have any wealth is to have a piece of the country. And the only way to have a piece of the country is to have property. And actually to that point, Chris, we actually have a couple of things in common. Firstly, you started off. I am also a diabetic. That's why I started off the conversation like that, because I'm actually pretty strong. I go to the gym every single day, man. It's just genetics just worked against me. So there's that. Um, my wife is my partner. Uh, we've been together for seven years now. We've only been married for four, but yeah, thank you very much for that. But she is my partner. And another thing that I would like you to touch on is you said earlier, I didn't learn the team aspect until later in life, uh, quote unquote. And that's exactly how I feel too. I, I felt like it would help me develop a lot more and help me take a lot less L's. Now I know you talked about how your wife helped you, but just how about outside entities, um, whether they be family or friends or just, you know, associates, how did that team aspect help you develop and get to where you are today? Uh, well, there's like the, the folks, like there's always those special people. Like, um, there was an aunt that actually, I was, I was literally like seconds away from not even me and Marcus. I was not going to be able to go to Hampton. Um, did not have the bread, uh, but I had an aunt that put up 4k for me to be able to go. Um, she, she took out a loan and she did that. And not only that, like when I was homeless, actually right after I left Hampton, that's a whole nother story. I got plenty of stories. You know, you guys have me back. Um, yeah, when, I, when I was homeless, it was that, that same aunt whose house I, I stayed at for a, a good year and a half before, you know I mean, I, I got back going and rolling. Um, and of course my mom, cause you got, you got to give moms all the credit if she's letting you run the studio at 12 years old out the house. <laughs> like, and you got people of all ages coming in and out the apartment. She's like, that's a grown man. I'm like, Hey, he's paying. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to moms. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, like, she definitely has always been super supportive in, in all my business endeavors. Uh, even when I did the Amazon stuff, before I got the, the, I had to increase my HELOC for what I was trying to do. Um, she, she tossed me like the, the bread she could toss me, which was, uh, it was just a beautiful thing. And I was able to get for that back tenfold, um, already. Uh, so that, that felt good. Um, so yeah, people like that. Now, as far as like other people outside of my family, it's always it's folks like like Marcus that, that you know I my family supports, but I, I feel this is like terrible to say, especially in a public forum. But I feel like it's always like they they kind of like it's a light smile. Oh yeah, you know, oh good, you doing that? Oh great, and then they move on, and they don't really say anything. That they're not talking about it. Then they're, they're not promoting. They're not trying to. They're not trying to help. It's just like some cool thing you got going. Um, where there are people that you, you you meet and they just you can tell they fully support you and they're just trying to see you win and they're, they're evangelists for everything you got going on and um, Mark is definitely one of those people I met um someone named uh, named Paul Paul Beard and Duke Nice is actually what went by back in that day which is another person that became a partner in this music stuff and uh, also uh, David Asbury was somebody that I met at Hampton that in, that was one of those other you know you know supporters and I was able to support him in kind and we, we ended up getting this this startup stuff going together um so but it was actually his idea for, for us to even really take that next step and go into more technical fields got it so uh to go back a little bit so you said you took out essentially uh, an equity loan on your house to bet on yourself right and it seems like that's exactly what your mom did for you. She took out an equity loan, equity loan on you for you, you know, and she bet on you um, to help you right, get to yeah. where you are. So do you believe that that's an obligation that you have to your kids or what do you, at what point do you uh, put equity uh, in somebody or take out an equity loan for somebody else and, and invest in somebody else? 
know, I, I would, would, would definitely like, yeah, hey, I do have a child. Yeah, I'm Gabrielle. You know, he just turned three in September. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely going to get that that kind of you know same support. Um, I think it's super important. Honestly, if for what I this is all, I don't want to sound like a terrible person. Um, but the whole family tag for me, like it, it, it means something. But honestly, what means more is the actual relationship you build, you build with someone. So like just someone having a title of oh that's your cousin, uh, that's your aunt, and that that's 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 whoever. That that's not. I don't really get a lot of value with that. That's not how I determine whether or not I'm going to support someone and, and be in their corner. It's just them showing up and, and being there for me. So that's why it wasn't even a question. As soon as I seen the, the you know I mean the message that yeah you, know, you don't want me to come on here. I was like oh like this this marks oh I'm pulling up. It don't matter. Um, like that, this it's always reciprocated. I want to make sure that I'm giving back. Um, so like with that being said, that's why, um, it, it, it really doesn't matter. Like there are people that, um, I'm not even like directly related to, but because I see they have that same kind of drive, um, I would just support them to help them. Cause I, I would have wanted that. And it, those, those relationships always become reciprocal and we go back and forth with that. Like, um, like Dave, uh, David Asbury was talking about who helped me with the tech stuff. Um, not only did we we kind of vibe on the rap tip, but he is a super techie. I actually gave him his first uh, Photoshop before I left Hampton, um, and he turned that years later into a business that that you know, that, that nets him like thousands of dollars annually uh, as a graphic designer, um, just off of me like tossing him the software. And it's it's folks that do stuff like that that has me like forever in their corner. Like folks that take an opportunity and spike the ball, I'm going to make sure I'm always working with them and supporting them as much as I can. Awesome, yes, indeed. Marcus, questions? Okay, um, so uh, I know you mentioned that there are tons of stories, uh, but I think we want to uh, we, we we touched a lot on rap, uh, but but this uh, Amazon deal is big, so I think I want to see uh, transition from rapper. Uh, with with the rest of you know your uh, path to life, uh, out, drive out of college, uh, get back together. How was that transition from rapper into having your own uh, startup? Like like like, uh, kind of walk us through that. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, man. So yeah, I, I did. I, I dropped out. Well, it wasn't a full dropout. I think I missed a semester, um, and then I ended up actually graduating from Temple U after that. Um, but as far as like transitioning into tech, it really, um, it, it came from a conversation. So we, we completed college, uh, like once I say we, I mean like me, my wife, um, I'm still talking into like, you know, David Duke, um, we completed college and we, we did the whole, you know, this is the American dream thing. Um, we, we achieved the American dream. Like I said, I had my first house built and, um, I could actually tell you, actually, technically it's my second house. I had my first house built lost the loan um like i know that would probably like be the, the the end for most folks but no i actually turned around built another one and that's what we're in right now um <laughs> ended up keeping that uh we, we so we, we achieved all of this and i had a conversation with with, with dave one day because we were looking at you know what i mean what we had done our bank accounts looking at you know what i mean what yeah. we um looking at some of the folks that you know we knew from the past that hadn't haven't achieved this level of success and we both just said to each other like hey like obviously like this is great for where we come from, but this is the middle. Um, like there, there's a lot more like this, this ain't it. Like it doesn't, you can't, uh, we, we felt complacent. Like there was something more we were supposed to achieve. Um, and that turned into like, all right, so we're going to really take another deep dive and to, to fully go after the music properly. Cause we had both kind of like switch focus. He had a couple kids talking about Dave. I had a, you know, a child. Uh, and we both said like, um, 
yeah, maybe we're going to do that. But I, and he was like, oh, well, actually, I, I want to develop it this way and then have an app that goes along with it. And um, as you know, I kind of mentioned this earlier, uh, being uh, learning how to do stuff from the Internet. I learned how to uh, to record myself. I also learned a little bit about programming. Um, so that's how I figured out uh, how to put, you know, how to separate on a disc to, to partition it, to have a part of a disc actually be a video you can play in certain DVD players and, and have another part of the disc where you could just listen to it like a regular audio thing. Um, that made me, you know, I was always in the nerdier realm from, from that point on and always in the more technical realm. Um, so we talked through a particular tech idea and, um, I went about solving it. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with, uh, with HoloLens, um, I don't know if you've seen that. It's kind of like it's this Microsoft product where you can basically it can make like holograms in front of you. Oh okay. uh, yeah. So I went from that to being like, you know, we know it'd be cool because Dave was developing this uh, this music application. I was like, yo, if you want to really make your music application stand out, it'd be really cool if you could basically have like a one of those Tupac style holograms be in people's living rooms using like one of those types of uh, devices. But my thought was that would be far too expensive, obviously, for most people to afford. So mm -hmm. I went and I created a prototype where you could use your cell phone and slide it into one of those VR boxes. And it uses the actual camera on the like on the back of your phone at the same time and will create a hologram in front of you. Oh, that's and, significantly um, cheaper than AutoLens. AutoLens is like thousands of dollars, isn't it? Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually built that prototype. It, it, it exists. I have it right now. Um, I can rent it on a fold. It's random because I only have like one, per, like one performance on it. It's of a Billie Eilish video. Um, I built that for about two thousand um, dollars. Believe it or not. So I was, uh, so I was like, wow, like that. And that entire process taught me so much because I, I didn't have the full coding knowledge. I just figured out how to write a proper spec sheet, how to where I could go in and acquire talent, how to speak uh, to the talent to, to figure out, okay, well, this is what I'm trying to achieve, how to, you know, check different resources to figure out, okay, well, where is the information for how this is get built? How can I do this with open source so I'm not spending a, a bunch of money yep. trying to have someone figure something out? And um, that's where I learned about, you know, Stack Overflow, <laughs> GitHub, like this, this is my intro to all these types of things. Uh, uh, was that and being able to present all these these things that I found myself to different contractors made me spend so much less money than I was seeing other people try to spend to accomplish much lesser things. To be honest, um, and this all just goes back to my like my past experiences of, of getting where I need to get to to speak the language. I just re I just applied it today, and instead of spending you know sixty thousand dollars to make a, a hollow lens or I don't even know how, how much Microsoft spent, but just saying like <laughs> I only spent those those two k to get that 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 particular piece done. Um, so that was my intro. So uh, I don't know if you want to ask questions from there. I kind of go on from there. Well, uh, <laughs> statement that's kind of uh, what Elon Musk did with the whole Tesla did or Tesla thing and the Tesla interface mm -hmm. as well. He uses a lot of open source. Uh, he, I mean, even his battery, like if you could actually go look at his battery cells and it's open source, like he doesn't want people to reinvent the wheel. He just wants, you know, a better environment for everybody. Even though I feel like dude's an evil genius on record, like that dude's <laughs> out here, he really is on some other stuff, but he used, he believes heavily in open source, uh, not essentially not hoarding all the information so that anybody can go out there and do it and look at what I got him, you know? So I feel like there's some credence to what you're saying. I agree. I feel like there's a lot of times folks that want to completely like, I'm going to start from scratch. I feel like a lot of that is ego. 
Um, you know, like you, you could look at a, a, a wheel and figure out that, hey, that's probably the most efficient design to do <laughs> to do most things. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like <laughs> there's no reason to reinvent it. Um, so it, it's all about how you apply things to. Uh, so figuring out how different pieces fit together. And if anything, I, I found out that that's probably like a superpower I didn't know I had. This entire thing is to be able to look at all the different things that are available and be able to see uh, how they can fit together to create, you know, something of more value, how to make, you know, the, 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 the sum more, you know, than its parts. Okay. But, um, yeah, so <laughs> go ahead. Um, so like, like you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, we, we talked about you being creative and, and needing that advantage there, um, or, or the flexibility, uh, that, that comes along with being, creative but how do you balance that with because uh, a lot of people or a lot of artists in general have different difficulties balancing artistry and then trying to sell themselves so like when you're creating products and you know like, like, like how do you find that balance for you or what works best for you in the 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 line between okay i'm an artist i make things and then, okay, I'm in charge of, of, of selling this also. I have to make this profitable. Like, uh, where's that line? I feel like I, I don't really have that down pat fully, especially when we're talking about when it comes to creating my own art. But what I do have is all of those uh, those years of experience. So I guess this, this is where doing things for a while you kind of get. Like, running a studio, you need to be able to get the word out. You need to be able to promote yourself. Like, when, you, when you're talking, like, when you're doing any kind of business, you need to be able to speak about your business confidently and in a way that convinces people that you, uh, one, have, like, can do, give them what they, they're looking for. Like, being able to speak to people as a 12-year-old and be like, yo, like, I can, I can record, I do have a studio. <laughs> like, uh, you will get lots of rejections before you get the yes and someone willing to pay even that cheap you know, $10 per song that you're charging. You know what I mean? Um, so through that entire process, you just learn how to kind of talk to people in, in a way that this, that that's convincing and, and gets you, uh, you just learn how to be persuasive. I should put it like that. It's the, the most succinct way I could put it. Okay. Um, so my, my other question would be, uh, reading. Um, do you read often or are you, uh, you know, oh. well, read? are there, Man, um, I do not read often. I know that sounds terrible. I wish I read more. I probably read more in the past, but I will say this to, just to, to, to really to, to drill in how important it is still. The, the, one, app, the one thing that probably changed my life uh, equally or even more than the invention of Google uh, was the invention of Audible. Um, mm. That was another thing like... Um, like that, that Dave put me on, like David Asbury again, like my actor, he, he put me on the Audible, and I was like, oh, I'm going to check it out, he sent me a book, I listened to a book on Audible, and that completely opened up my whole world, like, I didn't know what a HELOC was, I only, I've heard of home equity loans, but I didn't know that you could actually turn it into a line of credit, that you, doesn't just disappear, like, you can pay it back, and then you still have that, that pot of money to dip into when you need it, like, that's what makes a home equity line of credit different. Um, I learned that from Audible. I learned that from uh, my my initial idea to actually like make myself a, a, a fully like a, like a millionaire was I was going to go and rent houses. Um, so that made me dive in deep into a whole bunch of business books just on how to run rentals. Um, it didn't end up working out, but I learned so much about business negotiation. I learned about project management. Um, uh, from you know, even though I kind of learned that from work too, but I learned, I learned about it in the field. You know, doing that and hiring subcontractors. 
from these books. And honestly, a lot of that translated into how I approach tech. Um, all from Audible. Yeah, I'm like 300, 400 books deep on Audible. Yeah, there's definitely some great things going on over there. I feel like that counts, though, because uh, I don't really read. So when you asked that question, I was like, damn, I hope he says no, because we got a lot of things in common, but this is the one thing. But I, I listen to Audible and podcasts, man. I, I do that all, all the time. And, you know, I feel like it has just as much value. I just don't have the attention span for books, but I could listen to a audio book every minute of every day of my life, you know, <laughs> like, cause I'm just that deep into it. Um, but Bro, like this is the, the thing that makes that so powerful is, is the fact that you can, you can do it while you're doing things passively. I'm cleaning the house mm-hmm. and listening to a book. I'm driving three hours. I'm not listening to music. Like I, like, this is actually one of the things I got from, uh, is, uh, Brandon Turner. He's, uh, he's one of these, you know, rental house people that wrote a book. He's like, yo, why are you using your car as a club? I use my car as a, you know, a, a school, it's a college to me. I go in there and I learn mm. something. I get in the car. I don't know something. I get out. I learn something. Brilliant. And I was like, shit, I'm, yeah. I'm listening to music and I could have been, I could have got my damn masters by now. And that has really been my thing. Like I, I actually feel guilty now. This is kind of terrible, like kind of crazy hearing it from a rapper, but I feel mm. guilty if I listen to music and not a book. I totally agree with you there. Um, I was on. I was stationed in Naples, Italy, and we had we were tasked with uh, doing a road trip and taking some equipment from Naples, which is like the southern part of Italy, to kill Germany, which was the most northern part of Germany. And we had to get on the road. It was myself and this lieutenant, and we were like, they said, "Hey, you guys got to get there in like three days max." So it's a twenty-hour drive, right? Twenty hours, three days, uh-huh. but that's including the day that we left. So when we got on the road. I'm listening to music and then he was like, Hey, you mind if we listen to a podcast? And I, I wasn't the podcast guy. I, my, my car was a club, uh, very much so. And this was roughly like, let's say about now, maybe like six years ago, we listened to podcasts and he was like, Hey man, let's listen to his audio book real quick. We listened to podcasts, and audio books on the way there. It literally changed my entire life. Like just learning and getting other people's experiences. I feel like every single time I get in my mm. car now, I develop just that much more. And that's why we do this prorated podcast because you saying that is just not something that I've I, I put into thoughts or words uh until until you just until you just did, you know? And with that yeah, also, yeah, while we're yeah. talking about superpowers, um you said <laughs> my superpower is how to make the sum more than its parts, right? So my question on that one is, so you have these people, right? They want to go out. They want to be streamers, right? Or let's, let's go with rap, right? They'll go, they'll Uh they'll find a room in their house. They'll get all this like sound stuff to make the acoustics better. They'll get like the best mic and everything. And then all of a sudden they'll just be sitting around and they won't make the songs or, you know, they'll get discouraged and everything like that. So they're doing the opposite. They're making the parts more than the sum. How do you get into Uh the mentality of making the sum more than the parts? Like what, what has a click in your brain? for that to be like the number one goal. So people aren't just out here wasting money. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of it comes down to, well, one, like being honest with yourself. I feel like I can kind of relate to that. Uh, I feel like when I was the, the least productive on my personal music was, um, was when I had a studio in my room. Um, I actually was more productive leaving and going, um, elsewhere. So just as a, as a, as a note, I'll be like, I always tell anyone that this has that struggle. Like, Hey, like maybe the way you thought you needed to create wasn't the way you needed to create. So that, that, that's one, like you, you got to figure you out. Um, uh, two is you don't have to be perfect when you start off. In fact, your idea of what you think perfect is going to look like probably isn't the way to get it done. 
Um, so <laughs> you need the, that, that period of time that you just tried to do it. So instead of putting all those those soundproofing foams all over your wall and getting the, the most perfect background weight, I can't start because I don't have this particular camera. Uh, just spend time on figuring out well how what is the the least amount I need to, to get this going and do for, do that and then learn from there and you'll you'll gain knowledge as you're building up and get past that like one of the like I had to put a, a computer mic that was only ten dollars and tape it to my wall when I started the studio but all that knowledge that I gained while it was just a computer mic all translated to when I actually got my very first studio condenser, condenser mic. Just everything sounded so much better because I wasn't starting with a studio condenser mic not knowing how to use it. I knew how to make a computer mic sound good. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. So it's really just, it's, it's taking what you have and, and building on it instead of like getting that analysis paralysis, like I can't start unless I learn too much or that I need to go buy the world before I get going. It's just one of those things I would definitely say. I feel like Wayne really nailed that one. It's like rappers acting like these singers, man. It's like, I need a beat. I need a producer. It's like go to the studio with clips. Huh. We don't well, deserve true. Wayne. We don't deserve Wayne. You really don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel. Uh, and the reason I asked that question is, you know, while we're speaking of like Lil Wayne and um, what well, you know, making the sum more than his parts is because they've gotten to such a level to where no matter what they put out, they Lil Wayne, you know, you got the Drakes, you got, you know, the people of that caliber that they've gotten to a level that they don't have to do interviews anymore. They don't have to do all the the little stuff that typically would cost a little bit of money for them to, you know, get around and, and maneuver, you know? So right now there's some is worth more than their parts because they just step in the studio record something put it out even if it's garbage not saying they make anything garbage on the record you know but it's saying even if it's garbage they can go out and, and make and make it work and it sounds like you have that recipe as well so shout out to marcus for bringing up lil wayne but pretty much based yeah. on what we're talking about you're, you're doing the exact same thing oh no that no well, well thank you i appreciate it to be mentioned and you know the the, the name of grace at all I mean, uh, but but no, that that is that is facts though. It is about you know being able to, to to take what you have and then be efficient with it, like um, and then just like use the the the, the minimal amount of, of stuff that you need to to yield something great. Uh, is really like where I think magic happens. Like the fact that I had the idea just by sitting thinking, like yo, like I can really turn, I can give something that gives the illusion of a hollow lens just by using a cell phone and its back camera and and using it as a pass through. But but then superimposing an image on the front of it like that was literally just a thought that I had. And then I found some people that had similar thoughts and I basically bashed together, you know, multiple uh, open source projects to, to create that prototype. That's not where I ended up because the actual thing that uh, Amazon got me for was actually just a piece of what what that needed to run. Um, so it, you just never know where you're going to end up landing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you got to yeah. shoot your shot. I actually told my mom the other day. I was like, um, the two things that I've learned, um, I just turned 34, uh, about a week ago, but two things I've learned in my 34 years. Thank you. Thank you. Is, um, the only risk we take are financial risk. So we don't take physical risk. We don't take emotional risk. We don't take any risk to that factor. The only risk we take once we get to a level of financial risk. And what I mean by that is you buy that house, you invest in that person. Some of the things that you've been saying. And then the other thing is, uh, we no longer take shots. We, we do slam dunks. We, I don't take, I don't, I don't shoot three pointers. I, I will go sure. up and I will lay it all the way up in. And that just comes to the whole preparation part. It's like, why shoot that shot when you could just drive the lane? 
and then lay it up, you know, especially if we're talking about practice or before, before the actual game starts, you know, because you get back to those fundamentals and then everything begins to take care of themselves. And that, you know, if I had to have a summation of a lot of things you said, that is it a lot as, as well as something that I would even get tattooed on my body. The, my favorite thing that you said today is uh, my superpower is how to make the sum more than its parts. Like <laughs> that, is such, that is such a great way to put it, man. That was great. And also when you said, uh, if you're trying to figure something out, you need to go uh, where the people are to figure it out and see how they speak. That, that's see. And that's why we have this pro this podcast, man. So, all these nuggets i know at the beginning you were like now no you know it's all the fun but it's like you don't realize like once you once you get talking because there's a lot of people out there right now um they just they don't know man they, they've never worked with amazon they have these phenomenal ideas you know but they don't want to take that leap they got that uh that mic in their room and everything like that but they don't want to they don't want to rap they like i said they got that salad in their fridge but they rather eat you know that donut and everything and it's like we just got to learn how to, you know, take that first step. And it's people like you, uh, very inspirational people like you who really get the ball rolling. When people hear it, they're like, okay, I can do it too. You know, cause like you said, you also said how you grew up broke, you know, so yeah. you don't need, you know, all you need is a $10 mic and, and a little bit of tape. And it seems like you can start hustling, you know, and it's, yeah. it's such a great backstory. So, like, yeah, like it, it just not having will, will breed some serious ingenuity. Um, <laughs> I, this is the crazy thing. My, my, like, a bunch of my friends thought I was crazy when I said this, but, um, like, my daughter was born into, like, if, if my, I would consider me now rich. <laughs> if, if, if young me met me, I would consider me rich. Oh, yeah. and, um, and having a daughter, one of the things that scared me the most was that she wouldn't be able to figure out the things I figured out by having that need to figure them. You know what I mean? Like, but she wouldn't have that. Just like things are just going to be easier for her. And that, that in itself scared me. Um, now that that's like trauma response. I know, you know, to a certain extent, but it's real. And, but ultimately I have to figure out how I'm going to make sure she gets those lessons without having to have the danger and have the actual risk that I had on the come up. But, um, but there, there's some serious things that you learn actually being out in the field and having to do that. And to kind of speak to, to what she was saying in summation about um, making the layup, I, like, I agree with that to a certain extent, but I, I'm going to add this to it, man. Sometimes you need to, to, to be willing to take that, that, that half-court shot. Um, me doing tech was, was a half-court shot. It was, it was not a layup. The entire reason why I got my, my HELOC was initially to do houses. Um, I, I was in the middle of, of getting a home loan approved and you know what happened? Like, well, not even home loan approved, a home deal approved because I was actually going to pay for the house with cash with the HELOC. Um, but it fell apart right before the pandemic. Um, <laughs> so some things happen for a reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd have been dealing, I'd have had my first rental home and had uh, someone that was refusing to pay rent. Um, it was yeah. probably <laughs> going to be my path. But uh, but I, that, I understood that business. I listened to to all the, the 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 stuff I needed to do. I figured out even how to get the financing for it. I had everything in place. I knew how to go find contractors. That was going to uh, honestly be my layup. Um, it, COVID happened, but the thing that made the, the 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 long shot was me having that conversation and being like, "Yo, like, where am I going to get money for this tech?" And then I look at my HELOC and I'm like, "Shit is there." Well, should I take this shot? Should I should I risk this money when I know it's if I just wait a couple years? I can just go right back to my real estate plan, and um, I took the I took the half court shot, bro, and, and I hit. 
Um, so sometimes you just got to be willing to, to bet on self. And it's kind of funny. I was I was put up twenty five k in cash for this crib. You know, I mean, with that I was that was you know purchasing, and we, we ended up not like I said not getting it. But it was such a struggle for me to even spend five k to go hire some contractors. Yeah, you know I mean, it like that. Mm-hmm. It was just funny. Like I was because the, the one was a layup, but the half court shot. I'm like, I don't know. Should I spend five? But, <laughs> I love that. I love that though. Like, I think I'll change my saying from here on out to say it's better to go for the layup than to shoot that jumper. But hey, sometimes you got to take that half court shot. I, I like that a lot because I think that's, uh, my, so I, I'm sure, for, well, I'll speak for myself in this, in this situation. My, my parents, when they were my age, they aren't doing as well as I am, but that was the whole goal. They took that half court shot on me and, you know, just kind of paid it forward. You know, just so that I was able to take those layups. So now I got to shoot half court shots, and you know, just like you got to do it, and you got to do it for Gabriella, you know, and I got to do it for my daughter Isabel, you know. So I, 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 I like that a lot. You know, you got to better sure, yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna couch this with you know, de- definitely don't risk it all. Like, don't don't throw up that 25k half court shot. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah no. that a little bit. Nah, Gabriella <laughs> wouldn't appreciate that when it comes to her college fund, bro. You don't want to take that over. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, you got anything? Um, yeah, so we, we, we kind of touched on Amazon and, and, and that, that being a long shot and then that, uh, you know, there was no way to know what piece was going to end up being successful. I think, think this is a story that kind of happens a lot with people where they uh, was talk Viagra. Viagra was supposed to be something about uh, headache medicine. Oh, like wow. they, they were they were not trying to make Viagra when they made Viagra. Then suddenly wow. it turned into what it is today. Like, yeah, and that's so, a happy accident right there. <laughs> exactly. Like it was a side effect. They they were trying to do some. I'm pretty sure it was headaches. But then, then they was, kept uh, running into the side effect, and then they decided, oh wait, the side effect is is this is money. This is what we actually needed. Like let's <laughs> forget what we were shooting at. This money. is. <laughs> exactly. No, that, that's that's funny. I did, did not know that. That's dope. That's super dope. It was used. Uh, it was used to treat hypertension, which causes headaches. You know, so yeah. it was. Uh, mm-hmm. it originally, it was a med- uh, a medicine that was supposed to be used initially for high blood pressure, and then they were like, "Oh well, well look at this side effect here," and then the rest is history. It, no, like, yeah, I, I, honestly, that, that really does tie super dope into all of this, because like I said, it, my, my thing started off as a, as a HoloLens product. Um, I saw that I was going to need a, a whole lot of money injected into it to actually get to the full you know, end point that I wanted to get with it. Um, I was going to take a, a lot of me going hitting the pavement, hiring like, you know, different artists to do performances in it. Um, but one of the pieces in it that I, I created was an algorithm that automatically removed the background of videos. Um, and it was some tweak code, like obviously, like some of the, the I, I I didn't reinvent the wheel, like I said, but I did tweak the code mm-hmm. to make it work for my purposes. And um, I took that and I made a, a web application. Um, it it was kind of cool. A few people used it; they weren't that excited about it. But then I used it on my wife, who, like I said, is my partner. Like she, at the same time, was just starting an Etsy shop, and I used it to create a product video, like by cutting the background around the product. And um, what I did, did like a quick little prototype video, and she was just astounded, like more astounded than folks were looking at my my my, uh, my hologram stuff, which blew. I was like, damn, like I did all this shit trying to make something that's going to be cool and techy, and you putting a whole hologram, you know, what I mean, visor on, 
And here, the thing that really gets people is being able to create a product video. Um, and that's the thing that, that Amazon decided to invest in. Well, let me not put it like that. They actually, they, they say you're not allowed to put it like that. That's the thing that they decided to, to, to bet on with me, or AWS, I should say, was the, the product video product. Awesome. Yeah. So we've had you on this pod for about an hour now, and we appreciate yep. your time. Uh, to recap uh-huh. just a little bit, um, some, of the, some of the knowledge that we got from you today was learn how to Google and search effectively. Big uh, facts. Hmm. Another dope ass saying that you you did say, man, because you dropped a lot of good, you dropped a lot of good one liners, man. You said not having will breed some uh, some serious ingenuity. I really like that one too. That was pretty dope. Um, and then you say sometimes you got to be willing to take that half court shot. And then you said if you're trying to figure something out, you need to go where the people are and learn how to speak their language. Um, you don't know what you know until yeah, but you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So, Chris, if you could take this time to go ahead and prorate some knowledge, can you give the people a snippet of what they need to do to get like you? Uh, Prorate the knowledge, I will say, always, I don't want to sound cliche, man. I'm really trying not to sound cliche. Um, Hey, you've already given us some good ones, man, so just flow with it. Yeah. Definitely believe in yourself and, and don't believe the failures. Be able to take them and figure out what you need to learn from them to build into that self that you want to be. Um, like it doesn't matter who like who's telling you no, figure out why you're getting that no and work towards that goal you're trying to hit. Um and just it just be willing to get back up. I mean, that's really the main thing. And also be be able to accept that sometimes like that end goal may not be where you were meant to end up. Like sometimes you, you got to listen to to the universe, as I like to say, and kind of figure out which piece you need to get to, actually. Because it, it might not be exactly what you were envisioning, but there might be something even doper around the corner. Like take that half-court shot sometimes. Awesome, Chris. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the ProRated Podcast, our first interview. Uh, we're going to be putting this up on all the platforms. I'm going to cut it a little bit uh, to make it sound proper and everything, man. But this... I learned a lot and just from the knowledge that I got from you today makes me think that this whole podcast space that we're uh, Marcus and I are trying to create is very much so worth it, man, because like you, you always have your reservations when something starts off, but those things are those things that I repeated back. I, I think that anybody will be able to use them if they're just, if they're trying to take that, uh, if they're trying to bet on themselves, you know, and there are some people that are going to be out there and they're going to be, they're going to say things like you Google the search effectively. Why would I need to do that? Or, you know, I can just go figure it out by myself or, you know, not having, uh, will breed some serious ingenuity. And I say on to them, sit on the couch and eat that donut. Yeah, like it's fine like just enjoy, enjoy the donut bro like you know like ain't nobody tell you like i'm just recommending you go get the salad but you gotta do you so thanks chris uh it's the pro rated podcast